take one. We call this one, I think something's missing, but I'm not sure. Hi, everybody. This is Tim Anderson, the appraiser's advocate, and we've got another question and another answer today. Let me read what came into me. Now, this, again, is an amalgam of some questions that I've gotten. It's not a direct quote, but this is what, what some people have asked me. I am really pissed off. I've been appraising for over 20 years, and I have never had a reviewer criticize me for leaving out a useless approach before. Recently, a reviewer called one of my appraisals non-USPAP compliant because I left out the income approach. How stupid is that? You don't do an income approach on houses. I wrote back saying my peers would not use the income approach on a single-family house, so why should I? The reviewer responded by saying it was a USPAP requirement to use all three approaches, even if one or two of them were really not applicable. Now, where does USPAP say that? How can I respond to this idiot? I need some help. Okay, let's go ahead and answer the question. There are a bunch of questions here, so let, 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 let's take them all on. Nowhere in USPAP's definition of appraisal review is there a requirement to throw under the bus the appraiser whose report is under review. For some profoundly inane reason, many reviewers have assumed the stance that their job is to humiliate the appraiser as deeply as possible and as often as possible, when in reality those are the jobs of the appraiser's spouse. To vilify appraisers is likely an attempt to justify the reviewer's existence. By definition, an appraisal review is, quote, the act or process of developing an opinion about the quality of another appraiser's work that was prepared as part of an appraisal assignment of or pertaining to an opinion about the quality of another appraiser's work. Therefore, while the reviewer has the ethical responsibility to develop an opinion of the quality of another appraiser's work, in other words, does it or does it not correspond to USPAP, does it or does it not comply with standard appraisal protocols and practices, etc., that responsibility does not include throwing the appraiser under the bus, humiliating the appraiser, or criticizing the appraiser personally. Indeed, the original purpose of a review was to strengthen the appraisal into USPAP compliance. That noble intention of strengthening the appraisal into USPAP compliance has long since given way to the gotcha mindset of too many reviewers for AMCs and lenders. USPAP does not require the appraiser to use all three approaches to value in every appraisal and then comment on them in every report. It never has and it never will. It's not logical to conclude that, for example, a vacant site needs the analyses inherent in the cost approach. However, when an appraiser omits an otherwise applicable approach from an appraisal, that is part of the appraiser's scope of work. Standard Rule 2-2A8 makes it clear that the appraiser must, quote, summarize the scope of work used to develop the appraisal. Now, consider the comment to Standard Rule 2-2A9. It says, here's the comment, quote, Summarizing the scope of work includes disclosure of research and analyses performed and might also include disclosure of research and analyses not performed, unquote. Then, FAQ 312 raises the question, quote, Does the report need to explain what wasn't done in an assignment, unquote, 
Now, here's what the Appraisal Foundation said about that uh, question. Quote, possibly. In addition to the disclosure of research and analyses performed, disclosure of research and analyses not performed might be needed to allow intended users of the report to understand your scope of work. The report must explain why the cost approach, sales comparison approach, or income approach was not developed. It may also be necessary to disclose other research and analysis not performed, unquote. Further, FAQ 313 raises the question of, quote, what must be explained, unquote, in the context of what must be explained when an appraiser omits an approach from a report. For example, if the appraiser did not develop the cost approach, is it sufficient merely to state the appraiser considered the approach but did not develop it? Here is the Appraisal Foundation's response, quote, simply stating that an approach was not developed does not meet the USPAP requirement to explain why it was not developed. Continuing the quote, stating that an opinion was not necessary without providing some basis for that opinion also fails to meet the definition of explain. The report must explain why an excluded approach is not necessary for credible assignment results. Continuing the quote, the USPAP requirement to include an explanation for the exclusion of an approach to value from the analysis is necessary to provide the client and other intended users with insight into the appraiser's decision as to why the analysis was not performed. Close quote. Now, the term explained is not a defined term in USPAP and therefore has no specific meaning in an appraisal context outside of its common use. As but one source, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines to explain as, quote, to give the reason for or cause of, close quote. So, the appraiser's statement, quote, the cost approach was considered but not used, unquote, in addition to being lousy grammar and syntax, it's also insufficient explanation of and insufficient justification for that omission. Further, if the appraiser were to include this mere statement in an appraisal report, it is possible a state board could interpret it as belonging in a restricted appraisal report since it contains no supporting explanation. Appraisal reports are supposed to contain summaries of who, what, where, why, and how, not merely statements of that. Appraisers whose reports contain merely statements that he or she did or did not do something are those who come to the attention of state appraisal boards. Appraisers want to avoid coming to the attention of the state board since therein lies sanctions. So what to do? If the appraiser wants to omit the cost approach, consider this language, assuming all of the stuff that I'm about to say is applicable. Quote, the appraisal report omits the cost approach after careful analyses of the subject and the comparables. The appraiser concluded its omission would not degrade the quality of the value opinion. After careful analyses of the subject and the comparables, the appraiser concluded its omission would not degrade the quality of the value opinion for at least the following reasons. That just sounds dumb. After careful analyses of the subject and the comparables, the appraiser concluded its omission would not degrade the quality of the value opinion for at least the following reasons. One, 
there were sufficient sales comparable to and competitive with the subject, therefore the appraiser was able to draw a reliable value conclusion without using the protocols of the cost approach. 2. Given both the subject's chronological age and its effective age, calculation of accrued depreciation would be, at best, a rough estimate, which would shed little, if any more light, on the subject's market value over and above the conclusions from the sales comparison approach. 3. Given the subject's highest and best use, see analyses elsewhere here in this report and here by reference, it was possible to deduce that highest and best use solely from comparable sales and listing data this report presents elsewhere. 4. Since the subject improvements already exist, it was not necessary to use the protocols of the cost approach to measure highest and best use, as if the subject were vacant and available to be put to its highest and best use. And 5. Given there is no evidence of the market purchasing properties in the area to raise the improvements and then develop the now vacant site to its highest and best use, measuring the financial feasibility of such an action was not necessary to form a credible value conclusion of the subject's current market value. This language complies with the spirit of FAQ 312 in that it explains why, in this particular case, the cost approach is not necessary for credible assignment results. This language gives a reason for the omission. It does not merely state that the appraiser omitted the approach while failing to explain why the appraiser omitted it. This explanation provides the client and or the intended users with insight as to the appraiser's decision not to perform this analysis. It is this insight from a cogent explanation that is the center of USPAP's requirement to explain why the appraiser omitted something rather than merely that the appraiser omitted something. That the appraiser omitted something is usually obvious. Why the appraiser chose to omit it merits an insightful explanation. For reasons unfathomable, some clients and or reviewers, given scope creep and all the useless falderall they want an appraiser to include in a report, think the typical residential real estate appraisal report should approach in length and heft the first edition of Tolstoy's War and Peace, yet they do not want to pay for something that complete, much less read it. Nevertheless, the appraiser has an ethical responsibility to make sure the client understands the ins and outs of at least three appraisal areas. First is what the appraiser did to arrive at a credible value opinion. Second is what the appraiser did not do to arrive at that value opinion. Third is why the appraiser did or did not do something on the road to the formation of that credible value opinion. Appraisers forestall such reviewer comments by providing that reviewer with an insightful explanation of why he or she chose to omit something. Can responding to such comments after the appraiser has already submitted the appraisal report be a major inconvenience in the appraiser's otherwise full and busy day? Yes. Should the appraiser have included this insightful explanation in the first place, thus avoiding this inconvenience? Yes. So what's the takeaway here? If an appraiser is going to omit something from the analysis of a property, in other words, somehow limit the appraisal assignment scope of work, USPAP is okay with that. The scope of work in any assignment is entirely up to the appraiser. However, it is also the appraiser's ethical responsibility to explain 
why he or she chose to engage in that omission. To omit that explanation or to leave that explanation unclear is a violation of Standards Rule 1-2a and b in that such an act of omission is misleading. Appraisers are wise to avoid such omissions. To sum up then, omitting an approach from the protocols necessary to develop a credible value opinion is in and of itself not a USPAP violation. Rather, the violation comes when the appraisers omit an otherwise required appraisal development protocol, but fail to explain why they chose to omit it. Such an omission is a potential USPAP violation since without it, without that explanation, the appraisal report may be misleading. Again, in and of itself, this is likely a violation of Standard Rule 2-1a. There are times, frankly, when USPAP is just not clear. That's why I'm here. I'm Tim Anderson, the appraiser's advocate. I'm here to help you with all of your USPAP issues, questions, and concerns, especially if you're in trouble with the state. Contact me at Tim at the appraiser's advocate. It will be an honor to consult with you. And please listen to my podcasts on Apple iTunes. Thanks. Again, this is Tim Anderson, and we're clear. <laughs>